U.S. military so. is not built to fight guerrilla warfare. It's built to fight conventional warfare. Yeah. So, the question is, and I don't stand corrected, should we all act like guerrillas? <laughs> like, if we are more like Bombak, we can... Can you show me how Bombak acts? Yes. <laughs> this I is the last time I'm bringing Colombian wine. I we show you. you. Hello everyone, uh, this is Not Water with Adriana and Connor. Woo! Woo. <laughs> so excited. And today we have a special guest. Yay! Yay! Woo. It's what my up? roommate Chris. Yes, hello everybody. Hello. You wanna come a little closer? Yeah. yeah. Closer. So you guys can hear me. Yay! So, Hi guys, it's Chris. I've known Chris for about three years now. Uh, yeah. Or a little over three years, almost. Yeah. yeah. How long have I known you? Yeah, around uh, yeah. two and a half yeah. years. So yeah, we were both in a freshman Bible study together our Aww. first year. And yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Alright, so my full name is Christopher, and I started going to Cal Poly in 2016. It's been a hey, while yeah. with, with uh, Connor. And I am majoring in computer engineering. Nice. And I enjoyed it at first. Since I've done a computer engineering internship, I realized that, you know, I want to uh, be a teacher abroad because I love teaching. Nice, really me cool. too. Yes, it's great. <laughs> where, it's, where abroad? So I want to, so I studied abroad in South Korea for a semester. Nice. And I really want to go back because it was amazing. Yeah. I have a lot of friends there. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning the language. So I can speak Korean Ooh. conversationally. So yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. I really want to go back. So hopefully after I graduate this year, I'll be going back. Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. I love living in the castle with Connor. It's great. Heck yeah. Oh, because that's your name, right? The house I mean, name? it's like the, the castle, unofficial yeah. name. Yeah. Well, it's the unofficial name of the castle. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. Who came up with Some that? people didn't like it. <laughs> um, Matt technically came up with it because... We like the song by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> castle on the Hill. Yeah, Castle yeah. on the Hill. Oh, so nice. we are the castle. On, like the yeah. full name is the Castle on the Hill. Yeah, but we just call it the castle. We just call it the castle though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just us. Yeah. So it is called the castle. Yeah. I mean, it is a big house. Yeah. Okay. We have, we have a deck and everything. Yeah. I love the deck. The we deck just shotgunned so... a beer. Yes, we did. Not on the deck. Yes. What are we drinking, Connor? Uh, tonight we are drinking three different, oh, four different types of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have, we played a game earlier, which we drank soju with, so the soju is all gone. Yeah. Um, so which we, is, uh, Korean. Which is Korean. And liquor. we brought, we all brought things from our, like, different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. Kind of. I'm Irish, so I brought some Baileys. It's mm -hmm. like this, if you guys don't know what it is, it's cream, like, alcohol. It's very... <laughs> It's very sweet. It's very... It's I, nice. I, I liked good. it. I love it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but usually you mix it with like a mudslide, which is like a chocolate drink or coffee. All right. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, Adriana, what did you yeah. bring? So I brought Colombian rum. It's called Castaneros. And like, I really, it's been aged for eight years. And mm -hmm. I was kind of nervous bringing it just because I know last week, Connor, you said like, no tequila. <laughs> no tequila. But yeah. this is rum. I love yeah, rum. Yeah, rum is good. And so it's Colombian. Did you try it? Or you just drank it? Yeah. Okay, what are your professional opinions, both of you? Honestly, wow. That's very good. good. It's yeah, good. Colombian. It's very good. What? I feel the Colombia from here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like five years since I've been in Colombia, but it's bringing back all the memories I'm of play life. Some I've, I've never been to Colombia, uh -huh. and let me tell you personally. What? 
I have now been to Colombia. You've now been to Colombia because of the drink. Oh, yeah. I can just picture my boy Adolfo in Colombia. <laughs> oh. Adolfo is such a Colombian yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, I miss that guy. He's cool. That's really All sweet. All right, Chris, what did you And I brought the Margoli, which is Korean rice wine. Mm-hmm. And this was honestly my favorite drink in Korea because they'd have it in these metal bowls. And you would you would have it with some rice crackers and stuff, uh-huh. and you would just you know drink rice wine out of a metal bowl, and it was like super traditional and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's so exciting. Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so the first topic for tonight is enneagram. Ooh, Ooh the what's enneagram. That? Enneagram. Wow. It's Ooh, baby. Chris, why don't you explain what the enneagram is? <sighs> yeah. So I was introduced to this about a, about a year ago, and even though it was made by a bunch of like. I believe Catholic priests or something. Really? Yeah, it's, it's interesting the story of how it, it began. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been passed down traditions for thousands of years between Asian cultures and different things. Um, and the first time it was documented was like 100, 200 years ago by some like priests and stuff who thought it would be valuable for people that like. <laughs> so what the Enneagram is, is basically a lot of people view it as a personality test, but it's a little more than that because it's trying to help you understand your fears, your ambitions, and really you, the way that you can grow and become a better, better, like understand God better. Because every number of the Enneagram, there's nine numbers, and each number of the Enneagram relates to a holy virtue oh. that God has. Because God is perfect, he has all the virtues. And so each one is something that we can relate with a little more. <laughs> So obviously we're all humans. We're all created uniquely yeah. mm-hmm. in the Lord's image. And we can all relate to a little bit of each number. But yeah. there's one number, according to Enneagram, there's one number in particular that we can relate with more. Mm-hmm. And this number will integrate and disintegrate into other numbers, which means we can act like other personalities but there is one number in particular mm-hmm. that we definitely relate to more in the way that God has created us. Mm-hmm. And understanding that number will help us to understand how we can better improve and draw closer to God. All right, so before we get into what numbers we are, uh-huh. how about we say what each number is? Okay, yeah, yeah I wrote that Good. down right yeah, That's here. great. Right, Go for it, Jenna. Oh, okay, sweet. That's awesome. So um, if you're a type one, you are the reformer. And I think it's good to note before you go through all the numbers Mm -hmm. that the label given doesn't necessarily encompass the whole number. There are lots of different labels toward, like I've heard one called the perfectionist, the moralist, the reformer, but just one word doesn't fully describe a human. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So So, do you want me to read like some adjectives or maybe you can add some adjectives? Mm -hmm. Go for it. um, Type ones are typically idealists. Um, very convicted about things, like really mm-hmm. hardworking, mm-hmm. more critical than other numbers, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially yeah. towards themselves. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but much. on the same wise, objective in that. So that's mm-hmm. like a type one. And then a type two is considered the helper. And so when mm. you think of like a type two, usually somebody who's pretty generous, affectionate, friendly, um, more so encouraging. Caring, generous, and possessive. Oh yeah, there's definitely negative sides to it no, too yeah, as well. Like possessive, I think manipulative is a pretty big one too. Yeah. Like mm. the reasons why you're doing it. It's mm-hmm. not always from a good For place. Sure. Mm. So type three is the achiever, mm-hmm. um, who's motivated by success, very ambitious, kind of like image conscious and like 
they're more goal-oriented. Yeah, definitely goal-oriented. Yeah. Great. And then type four is the individualist. Mm. So they love to be unique. They're quite sensitive, very imaginative, um, great listeners, empathetic. These are all pretty positive things. Yeah. Because I guess... There's like, negative sides to every... Yeah. Type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then type five is the investigator. So somebody mm. who's very studious, very perceptive, kind of private, very mm-hmm. self-controlled and logical. Um, my little brother is a type five. So. My, my, my best friend like, <laughs> thinks he's a three, but he's definitely a type five. <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out, buddy. <laughs> you know who you are. And then a type six is the loyalist. So, yeah, they're very fearful. Okay. Skeptical, mm-hmm. like reliable though, and committed and like faithful and vigilant. Yes, uh, skeptical is not obviously a bad like yeah. Yeah. bad thing. It's not yeah. always a bad thing. Yeah. No, being it cautious. Can, yeah. 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 And some other um terms for the type six is the guardian, the true believer. Oh well. Uh the troubleshooter. So. Um, well, and then type 7 oh I love type 7 me too I was going to say I love type 7 so don't know what I would do type 7 oh. is where I thrive and Alec, yes, Sarah we'll, oh. we'll explain later like why I thrive as a type 7 yeah. yes. <laughs> so they are just the life of the party they're real passionate my best friend of mm-hmm. type 7 she's really optimistic and eager and just like adventurous and just really fun honestly so yeah those are all like type 7 <laughs> Alright, and then type 8, this is actually like what my mom is, it's like the challenger, so just very justice-minded, very strong, really blunt, and super honest, like my mom's not one to like sugarcoat something, like my gosh, and like, but also just very protective, and like big-hearted, and there's like a caring aspect, or kind of type 8 Strong to their opinion, a leader usually. A leader, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then finally type 9. This is the peacemaker. It's somebody who's like more mm. harmonious and relaxed, more agreeable, really comforting and like patient. Mm. So yeah, it, my sister's a type nine. Okay. They're very caring and one yeah. harmony. Yeah, mm-hmm. they considering just want other people's yeah. opinions. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So that's like a real brief overview of like everything. All right. Definitely. So, Chris, how about you start us off? What number are you? All right. So, I believe I'm a type four, and I say I believe because. Um, you know, with the Enneagram, it's always a journey, you know, yeah. a spiritual mm-hmm. journey and trying to understand yourself. And so I'm open to the fact that I've only known the Enneagram for a year and possibly I am not actually a four. But right now at the place I'm in right now, I believe that, yeah, I relate the most to type four. And in the past season, I thought I was a type two, the helper. But it's very interesting because a four, the individualist, the romantic, the person that cares about their own emotions and stuff, can disintegrate into a type two when they are going through stress. The disintegrate is the type you integrate to, uh, disintegrate to when you're going through stress. Mm-hmm. And so the time I thought I was a two was when I was in Korea. I was going through a lot of stress because lots of you know, cultural differences away from all my friends that care about me um so that makes a lot of sense that i thought i was a type two Mm -hmm. so that's why i also have reason to believe that yeah i'm probably a type four i care about my emotions a ton yeah i focus on my state of being whatever that is if i wake up in a bad mood then Mm -hmm. that will be the mood for the rest of the day because i focus on myself a lot Um, Which is why fours really need discipline. They really need... They integrate towards ones. 
Um, so oh, they okay. really need a lot of organization. organization, discipline, which will be consistent in their life every day so they don't focus on their emotions. Nice. That's a really important part for growth in type, in type fours. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I believe I'm a type two. Mm. Um, I took this test like probably less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And every time I've ever taken it, um, I was a type two, except for one time I took it like two in the morning and I got an eight, which is what they disintegrate into. Interesting. Yeah. When they're stressed. Mm-hmm. Are you stressed so. late at night? Sometimes, because you took absolutely. it two in the morning. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was super stressed. I think I. Oh yeah, um, that makes yeah. sense why you got a type eight then. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, what does that mean? And so then I started learning about like disintegration and yeah. like, the challenger mm-hmm. and like. So does that mean that when I'm stressed, like I'm like domineering and like kind of the harsher aspects of eight? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what that's what yeah. disintegrate means. Is yeah. that wow. you're usually the harsher aspects. More poor qualities than the positive ones. Than the positive ones. And yeah. so that's okay. why that realization is really important for everybody to know is that the tests are not definite. Yeah. The tests are going to be based on how you're responding at that time. Yeah. Which is why Adriana identified as an eight at one point when she was stressed. I identified as a two using the test at one point when I was stressed. So if you take the test, it is a good, like way to gauge uh, maybe what type you are but r- reading into the types is really what's gonna yeah, yeah exactly and i think like the biggest reason why i do believe that i'm a two is just because like my biggest fear in life is definitely like being unwanted mm. or like lack of love you know what that's I mean? two's biggest fear yeah. absolutely because i was looking at all the other one i was like you know what i don't mind if i'm not good i don't really mind if i'm not valuable i don't really yeah. mind if i don't have like significance you know what I mean like but if I'm loved like I think like that's just like superior to everything and so um I think that yeah for sure I'm a a two just in the regards that like um yeah I really value love and relationships and I just really want to be needed like that's like such a huge thing so that's me as a two what about you wait and before Connor shares that's why I feel like it's really important to look at the fears of every type because this is going to get you a reality check into your soul yeah. Because if you read the fear and it's like, oh man, that's me right there. I like as a two, I just, I need to be unloved. I'm so scared of not being loved by yeah. others, not being wanted. Then you're probably a two. So mm-hmm. read the fears and that's going to help you yeah. understand a lot. That's really cool. Before I start, can you read the fear of the Yeah, one? definitely. Right? So basically the fear of being bad, defective, evil, corrupt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm a one. Uh, it's the perfectionist, it's the moral, moralist, it's mm-hmm. the, um, what's that word called? Reform. Reform, yeah. Yeah, reformist. I don't really call myself a reformist. Yeah, for <laughs> I, sure. That, of course, like, the Enneagram does not comply to, like, everything you yeah. believe, like, it's not all about you, You're like, you know Yeah, it's not well, all about it, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, it's not who you are. No, you're so much more than your Enneagram. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, every time 100%. that I write, do something for someone, it's not just because I'm a two. Yeah. But I'm definitely a perfectionist, and I'm probably half moralist for sure. Uh, but unlike uh, Chris and Adriana, I am for sure one. Like, they say I might I believe be. I, I, I believe yeah, I'm a Like, I absolutely yeah. believe I'm one. I believe I think, the same t- about you, Connor. I think... It's the curse of the one to know. <laughs> They're one. They're guaranteed a one. <laughs> They're guaranteed a one. Um, I am very, I'm very much an organized person. I love to organize. You should see my closet. You should see my desk. 
see next to my bed. I've it's seen like, all of those. <laughs> very clean. <laughs> it's very clean, very organized. If things get dirty, I have to clean it. That's good. But obviously, it's not bad to be organized, like, in certain aspects, like, your schedule and, like... Honestly, being organized is a organized blessing. Organized is a, a very blessing. It's so much of a blessing, and, like, you get things done. Yeah. Um, I always feel like I need to um, complete something before I just stop working on it. Mm-hmm. So if I have, an es- like, a 10-page essay, I hate writing it in multiple days. I will write it in one day. Wow. I just, I can't do it in multiple days because I feel like I left something unfinished. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I don't complete it later? What if I don't have enough time to complete it later? Those are the thoughts that go through my head yeah. when I write an essay. So Interesting. It's very weird. But I disintegrate into A4, yep. which is Chris. Yep. And it's because the the one always thinks, like, I can better myself. I can... I'm, I can always be better. Yeah. I can always be more perfect. And the truth of life is, is like, I can't be perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and the weaknesses of fours are, like, they get very, like, very sad about themselves. Extremely. Like, yeah, melancholy is a huge Very thing. huge. And, wow. like, that's what I experience when I disintegrate into yeah. a four. Because you get, feel like you haven't become what your uh, ideas uh, of yourself are. Exactly. Because, ideals. and that's... I feel like ones rarely ever integrate. Okay. You know, I feel like they more disintegrate because perfection is so hard to achieve and it's impossible to achieve. And so they always feel sad. I always, to be truthful, like, I feel sad a lot of the time. Yeah. And. I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) As a four, I can relate. (laughs) The, there's been times in my life, of course, when I was younger, like, I felt very happy and stuff but like as I grown older and like really have like grown into myself yeah like I feel more and more like a four and I feel like that's a very dangerous place for a one to yeah. be like and it's, it's very trapping it's very it's like a depressed it's like depression yeah like you just don't feel good about yourself Mm-mm. at all yeah because you yeah. aren't perfect yeah um but I do integrate into, into a seven. seven. Ooh, we love seven. enthusiast <laughs> The enthusiast. <laughs> now sevens are awesome. Yeah, sevens, sevens are amazing. And let me tell you, I do sometimes integrate into a seven ten. Oh yeah, really? I've seen absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh totally. Absolutely. Like I've seen it in you a lot. When I play games, I integrate into a oh, seven. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, I get very competitive. I'm like, let's freaking do this. Yeah. Like let's go. Um, and also when you're passionate about things, you're going to integrate pa- into seven. Absolutely. Because that's what healthy ones, they're very passionate about things and they yes. pursue those things. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I love politics. Yeah. And like, so I'm always like in class, I feel like a seven. Good. Um, and that's why I'm a political science major. I feel like a seven there. Of course. And it was a seven kind of thing. I, I wouldn't shotgun a beer just like normally. No, me Like either. it takes a couple of drinks before I would do that. <laughs> and like... I want to go out right now. Like, I literally want to do something that's so, with you that's... Let's go do it. Let's freaking do it. The thing, I don't care. The thing I'm curious about, okay, yeah, what, what... is that sevens struggle with gluttony, getting too much of the things that they enjoy, that, they're, that makes them enthusiastic, and it causes them to feel pain. And I was wondering if ones that are integrating into seven ever... Get that Partake, gluttony? Yeah, get that gluttony huh. of doing too much of it and then feel regretful afterwards. I just want to keep going. Yeah. And I think that is definitely part of the seven. That just wants to make them feel more... Yeah, they always want more. They always yeah, want exactly. more. exactly. 
Um, and I think I want more excitement right now. Yeah, never like, being satisfied. That's a part of the seven. Yeah, and it's definitely like a worse part of the seven for sure. Uh huh. I mean, of course, I have the good qualities of a seven, which yeah. is like to be fun and like to be yeah. happy yeah. and like, which I love. And like, I'm mm. putting aside like all my responsibilities right now, which is like different from a one. Uh huh. Right? Like, that's why it's integration because it's, it's different. Integration. It's, it's different. Yeah. So, like, I don't care that I have to work tomorrow. Me like, either. I don't care about any of that. Of course, tomorrow when I wake up, of course <laughs> I'm gonna care. <laughs> but, like, right now, I just don't. No, and but what I, my question is more geared toward is not focusing on right now, but the times in the past. Have you ever regretted those times where you were extremely enthusiastic and wanted to do more things? Or has it always been a positive, like, this helped me, this helped me grow, like, experimenting, being enthusiastic about doing everything? (laughs) I think it's mostly been a positive experience. So, like, it's interesting. I think my one, like, still is in my brain. It's still very, like, logical. Like, you can't go too far. Yeah. But a little bit is good. But a little bit is fun. Yeah, and this exciting. is fun. This yeah. is fun. I mean, that's the way you're growing. That's the way you're going to go towards growth. So you should... Yeah, do yeah. things. Yeah, you should. Do yeah. things that like, are out of my comfort zone. Like That's how I'm going to yeah. experience growth as a one. Some spontaneous things that aren't defined in your perfectionist schedule, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's when you see that you're going to be I'm going to be thriving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, like, so hard for me to think. I'm sorry I'm talking so much about the one. Yeah. I love no, that you're fine. talking so much. It's great. Like, every type is amazing and beautiful. Awesome. Every sorry. type has the, <laughs> their, ups and, their ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Sometimes I feel like if I don't follow my schedule... Like, sometimes I overbook. overbook. And as a one, that's very stressful. Like, I'm like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? Like, yeah, I remember you talking to me last semester while talking during growth group and being like... I hate how my Monday through Friday is insane packed. Yeah. Like every morning I'm up early and I have something all the way every until nighttime because you jam packed your schedule. Yeah. And then on the weekends, it's just completely free. It's like this dichotomy of yeah. two yeah. opposites. And I hated and that. And that doesn't work well for ones because ones like stability. Yeah. They, I love stability. Yeah. And the thing is like, I'm so jam packed and I get tired. But then I go into the weekend and I'm like, oh, finally I can rest. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like rest because I'm not doing, doing anything. something. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting part that I just learned about once I didn't know about. Yeah. It's, and that's that's a trait that I want to gain, to be honest, yeah, as so, a four who integrates into one. <laughs> this year again, I've overbooked myself. Yeah. I'm you think only, so for the next semester or this summer? This next semester. Yeah. This next semester should be fine. Yeah, the first semester, yeah. It's the gonna be first rough. semester's going to be rough. I'm president yeah. of SIC. Wow. I'm leading a Bible study. Yes. I'm going to growth group. I'm yes. going to my own Bible study. Yeah, I relate and all those things. I have class every day. I mean, of course, yeah. Monday and Wednesday is only the Wine, Beer, and Spirits class. Oh, so, beautiful. But I'm gonna That's get kind it. of a stressful class to like, work hard, though. And you're also yeah, going to be part-time working, right? I'm going to be working part-time. I'm have to get an internship to yeah. graduate and you're doing your senior project which is well, writing no, the essay senior project yeah it is writing the essay or it is the internship technically oh that's oh, the internship, very cool. it's the internship 
But I think, you have to write a 30 page essay. I think crew already demanded responsibilities like going to weekly meetings, going yeah, to weekly meetings. So like our own Bible study, which is two Bible studies, plus growth group, which is three technically Bible three. studies. And how about flight school? Is that flight in school? the area here nah, or is that nah, nah, back nah. in? It's it's in next summer. Yeah. Next summer it starts. So cool. do you think that if the castle is available, will you want to continue living out here? For yes, next year? absolutely. I think it will be available. Matthew's yeah. talked about it. It's going to be available. Um, it depends on where I take flight school, of yeah. course. Wow. Um, my dad is a pilot. Cool. So he can he has his instructor's li- instructor's license. He actually has all the licenses required to be a pilot, so like cool. he can do anything. But like, he gets the instructor, so he can teach me all the way up to commercial. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Yes. That is the hookups right there. It is the hookups, but it'd be very long process because he works. Yeah. yeah. True. In his own job, where he's the director of maintenance of planes. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it would be cheap and it'd be free, but it would take a it long time. Benefits, it yeah. would take way longer than going to a regular flight school. Regular flight school is very expensive. Oh it's yeah, like, totally. That's... Right now it's ninety thousand dollars. Oh my god! It's for the whole thing. It's only one year, so you don't and have to pay still, ninety thousand dollars. Like, dollars. Yeah, ninety thousand oh, dollars is very money. expensive. But you get to pay it off because they get you all the way up to instructor license. So what they do is they teach you how to do it. Then you instruct other people and you get 40k a year. Oh, wow. And so you get to pay it off with pay it, it off and you get flight hours. A couple years. So then you work your way up to being a commercial pilot with Which those is gonna flight hours as an instructor. Six figures? Which, yeah. And Six like pilots... I'm not surprised. Start off 100K. Yeah, I'm not wow. surprised. 110K. I'm not surprised, dude. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's an important job. It's a very important job. How many hours do you need? Uh, oh, my gosh. It's so many. It's like thousands of hours. Yeah. Um, For a private license, it's only like, it's very low. It's like 100 hours or something like that. <laughs> but like instructors is like 500 hours and then like commercials. Commercials like thousands, thousands of hours. hours. Wow. Um, Which is good. We have that system. Because of course, you don't want yeah, like we... a Southwest pilot, like saying, "Like <laughs> I've only flown twice All right. in my life." Jesus is so much more than just like rules and yeah. stuff. Like he's, he's a relationship. All right, so that's all we have to say about the Enneagram, and now mm-hmm. we're going to talk about gun control, more specifically the Second Amendment. Yes, the Second Amendment. All right, Chris, are you excited to talk about the Second Amendment? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor. All right. Well, so me and Adriana are very pro s- pro Second Amendment. Yeah, my goodness, I love that thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And so Chris, what do you think about Chris? All right. So here's where I stand on that. All right. I think it is important for us as a society to have defense mechanism. Yes. Because if the government gets too strong. Things can go south. Like yes. with the Japanese government, if you look at that and you see how strong they are and not a single person can have any sort of weapon to defend themselves, if something happened for them to go communist or anything like that, they would have no defense against mm-hmm. any sort Tyranny. of attack. Yeah. Tyranny, exactly. They would yeah. have no defense. It's solely based on the government's decision to regulate the army and do that kind of stuff and the people have no power really yeah the thing that i don't like about guns and stuff is like more from a spiritual and biblical perspective Hmm. is like i don't see the side of jesus that wants to hurt somebody 
who's hurting him, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. as much as I, as I, as I see in the Bible, it's validated to defend yourself. I feel like time and time again, as I'm reading the Old Testament right now, the times that Israel has trusted in its weapons over the Lord, the mm-hmm. Lord has said that has had to humble the Israelites. Yeah. And right. that That's absolutely true, yeah. these weapons are not your God. Yeah. yeah. I am your God. Yes. That's yeah. so and important so to know. If you are making weapons your God, I feel like that is not a healthy thing at all. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I fully agree Absolutely. with you on and, that. But I think you really have to look at Christ and yes. see, like, for me personally, this is just a personal conviction. Yeah. Loving my neighbor goes as far as somebody that wants to rob me. I can't hurt them. Okay. Really? And even if that means, like, I know the side of this that most um, people that perf- uh, support the family because family is extremely yes. important. And it's like, well, if my family is involved, I have to protect them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like family is important and extremely valuable, especially to the male of the house who would be the mm-hmm. the leader and the yeah. one, uh, especially biblically, that would be leading the family. Mm-hmm. But for me, like. I trust in a sovereign God, yeah. and I believe yeah. that for me, there's an, there's another way besides shooting that person. All right. Yeah. Well, I agree with you on a lot of points. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't make like weapons our idol. Yeah. Of course. Um, not. I definitely have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, because I I do own three guns. Love that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I do have to disagree with like a point that you made, like yeah. where it's not biblical to like shoot another person. Yeah. Well, I, in Joshua, it says there's a time for peace and a time for war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So if someone breaks into your house, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean, like, the government, like, declares war and stuff. Right? Yeah. But I do believe, like, those people are invading your peace, mm-hmm. and so it's time to have war with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do believe you have every right to defend yourself in that situation. Yeah. Um, I believe also that, that that's a time for war. I just don't believe that's a time for physical war. Okay. So that's why I, I mean, differentiate. If you have no choice, though, yeah. like, they're going to attack your family. Like, there's no other option. Spiritual. That's like what I praying? believe is the other option. Like praying? I mean, yeah. that, that definitely works. Absolutely. I believe in a sovereign God that... Yeah. Cares for that situation. I genuinely believe in like Matthew five thirty nine where it says turn the other cheek. You know, mm-hmm. when somebody strikes your cheek, give them the other one. But I think that's not about physical retaliation. I genuinely think that's about insult. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the instance yeah. when um Peter cuts off Malachus's ear, the Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, he, he says and yeah. he says, Why would you do that? A Roman and he, soldier. Exactly. Yeah. And he puts the ear back on and I exactly. I think that he did that. Because that was going to prevent him from going to the cross. And he needed to go to the cross because that was God's or- God ordained. Yeah. And that was our salvation. But I do need why would to that point one incident... to... Oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. I was just wondering, why would that one incident prevent the God of the world from going to the cross? Yeah, because if Peter had successfully continued to cut off, then the, the Roman guards wouldn't have been able to capture yeah. him and take him to the cross. You know what I, I mean? It was definitely a prophecy. I don't think God like really condemned Peter for doing that. He was no. protecting... Jesus Christ, yeah, himself. So, I just think like he's like, well, now is not the time. I need to do this. Yeah, I think defending God is obviously like the most important thing we can do. Yeah, and 
if it comes to physical violence with like our first amendment right to freedom of religion if that's ever taken away i think the second amendment provides the way to like defend ourselves yeah 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 So I did want to read this specific scripture, and this is Jesus talking. So our Lord, our Savior. Um, And it's talking about a sword, a weapon, like basically what you could arm yourself with. He said to them, but now let the one who has the money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. So this is Jesus basically telling you, like, this is Luke 22, 36. So this is Jesus Christ saying that if you are not armed, purchase arms so that you can protect yourself, so that you can um, defend yourself and have that right. Because I do think it is biblical to defend yourself. And I don't think it's a sin to kill, to take breath away from uh, another it's a, person. It's a sin to murder. To sure. murder, absolutely. Again, a time for peace and time for war. Exactly. So, so if yeah. I were to, like, yeah, take anyone's life away, like... Just because that would be murder, you know. Mm-hmm. But if um if we were to take all in like self defense, then that's not. And I genuinely I love grace. I love mercy, mm-hmm. and I would love if I could like drop to my knees and pray, and then the gunman would stop pursuing me. You know what I mean? But I think practically, like I don't know if that's like gonna if happen. it's yeah. gonna happen, and it it is unfortunate. And that's yeah, why I do I, love Jesus that He yeah. does give us that freedom to defend ourselves against um you know somebody who's trying to hurt us yeah the, yeah the only reason i have this personal conviction yeah is i totally understand that scripture yeah and i respect that definitely yeah, it's, it's from the bible and yeah. the thing that for me this is a personal conviction yeah, absolutely is a dream i have which is really interesting because god mm-hmm. speaks through dreams in yeah. a lot of ways in the bible so this is why I think this is why I stand so firm on this right now. Okay. Is this very vivid dream of two people breaking into my house. And this was back when I was in Glendora. This is with mm-hmm. my family. It's my yeah. family living there and everything. Yeah. And so they broke into the back of our house. Mm-hmm. And they were in the what we call family room, which is a big room in the back, threatening my family and everything. Yeah. So yeah. my room is connected to the family room in which we built a window connecting the two rooms, which allows me to have ventilation in there and also have access to the fan room in case of a fire if my one exit door is blocked out. And in this dream, I managed, I saw them and I was immediately struck with a lot of fear. I don't own a gun and I didn't own a gun back then either. And so um, the way that this dream panned out is me somehow bringing these two to Christ by sharing the gospel with them. Right. That's beautiful. Which was really yeah. interesting. It was like these two people that were extremely threatening to me. I was struck by fear. And similarly to plenty of people in the Bible, Moses being struck by fear, lots of people being struck by fear and not wanting to listen to the Lord, I decided that it was the right decision to listen to the Lord and talk to these people and hear their stories and stuff like that. And so... Obviously, it's a dream, and it's like a theoretical yeah. situation, oh, yeah. but still, it just, though. yeah, it's really important yeah. to me because yeah. it feels like God is saying, like, in your case, if that was to happen, tell them about I, Jesus. Yeah, tell them about Jesus. Yeah. This okay. happened in your dream. That's beautiful. This that is, is something great. that I want you to do. Yeah. So that's just, that's just my personal. No, that's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. It's really interesting. The, the one thing, like, that hurts me about guns is, like, yeah, you're taking someone's life if you use it against another person. Yeah. Um, not always taking their life, though. Well, not you always. You can also injure them, obviously. Yeah. But, like, 
Which would you think would be the more... Likely? Well, what would you think in that situation would you... Try to do? I try yeah. to injure them. Yeah. yeah I would uh, try to kill mm-hmm. them. Like Ideally, yeah. that you would just like... You stop know, them. stop them, yeah, and then they would know Christ. Are prevented from. Yeah, exactly. I try to shoot them in the leg, and most likely, like they're not going to bleed out. I mean, if you hit them in the thigh, yes, but if you hit them in the like, the calf area, they're probably not going to bleed out. That's cool. So, like, I try to hit them in the leg. I try to hit them in the shoulder. Yeah, the shoulder or the arms. Um, not the head or the no. like the chest area. Don't I try not to shoot there, um, because it would kill them. Yeah. yeah. Um. I want them to stop hurting my family. I want them to, mm-hmm. like, all, honestly, I do want them to live. But my family, obviously, would be most important to me mm-hmm. yeah. um, in that situation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and I do want to share the love of Christ with them. But I think in a situation like that, when they're breaking to their house, yeah. you're obviously not going to have time to, like, say, what would Jesus yeah, do? Yeah, like, like, what would you say? Like, what, what would you would, say, yeah. like, in front of God? Um, yeah. I think they're going to shoot you anyways. Or, like, yeah come after you anyway so that's a fair assumption mm-hmm. definitely so, and as it relates to the second amendment i think that not everyone is a christian you know what i mean yeah and yeah, so i totally. think it is so important for like whether you are muslim or buddhist mm-hmm. or christian yeah, or an atheist to bear, to bear arms and have the freedom to defend mm-hmm. yourself totally. against somebody yeah. who's going to see you because ideally you would totally. never use a gun ideally i, I would never use yeah, a gun ideally, I would never use it. yeah Besides shooting range. Shooting range is so fun, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. That's, like, one of my main concerns about, like, Democrats taking away the Second Amendment, which is, it it is an inalienable right, so, like, the Supreme Court would obviously never take it away, but, like, um, I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to go to the shooting range again. (laughs) Joshua Tree, and there were people shooting there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not at the National Park, but right outside the National Park. And we did. Shot there too. It was, it was so fun. That was so fun. Especially with Isaac there and his guns too. Oh, oh. Isaac's guns were so good. Yeah. Oh, your shotgun was, was crazy. Sick. I you guys I did that. It. I can't remember. Actually, maybe I didn't fire your shotgun. I fired Isaac's shotgun. I, yeah, you might have. I fired his his uh, World War Two World War Two like rifle. Yeah. Wow. That's My so shotgun fun. was so fun. You, didn't you fire with the metal? Oh, the slug. With the slug. The slug is it's basically a shotgun shell with a big metal piece in it. So it doesn't like disperse like a regular. regular so it's way more recoil. So it's like a lot more recoil, and it tears a huge hole whenever you shoot. Wow, what, what were you aiming at? Do you know? Oh, what just, uh, no, it was the like Holy a, Bible. It's okay. It happens. I think it's like an old dryer that we were aiming at. An old dryer in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Like people <gasps> just drop their sh- junk out there to shoot at. Yeah. And um. We were aiming at tires, like we just put a bunch yeah. of random stuff on there. That's so cool. And I think I love your tabs. What I shot at was a My what? like an old your dryer. Tabs. Thank you. Sorry, that's off topic. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm I, really feeling it. I'm not going to drink anymore. Oh, yeah. What I shot, shot at was an old, like, dryer, and it went through, like, the whole thing. And I know from, exp- like, from explanation from a cop is, like, we shoot slugs so we can shoot through the back of a car all the way up to the front to its <gasps> engine. Insane. Oh, my goodness. To stop the car. Slugs Ow. are so powerful. They're very powerful. Yeah. They're just, like, thick lead. <laughs> it's, it's sick. Um, yeah, so I, but from a non-biblical standpoint, let's talk about the second amendment. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk about, like, the reality of gun control versus, like, less gun control regulation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the greatest examples for me, personally, is in England, when they banned, 
Um, most guns. I don't, okay. I almost, like, people can still hunt in England, I believe. Really? Um, yeah. When they ban, like, personally used weapons without a good explanation, it, violent crime went down for, like, about a couple of years. Really? Um, because guns were taken away. But then violent crime rose to level highs. Really? And that's because of illegal it's obtainment. It's because of illegal obtainment of guns. Mm-hmm. Um, knife crime went way up. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a huge problem in London right now where they're trying to actually ban knives, um, which I don't think is going to do anything. I think they're just going to start ramming people with cars more. Or um, acid attacks. Or acid attacks. Yeah, yeah there's lots of different ways. Of different if you want to um, harm someone, yeah. you're going to find a way to harm them. That's the thing, yeah. And, and that's you can't ban thing, hands. <laughs> that's an interesting thing with gun control is the obviously the topic that obviously comes up very often is the school shootings and everything. Yeah. Very curious to know the statistics, if one of you not of how much of those guns are illegally obtained versus legally. Okay, so the Florida And what's the impact in in Yeah, the impact. Okay, the, so not impact but the um what's that word? Correlation okay, between yeah, like yeah, legal yeah. guns and illegal activities. Doesn't necessarily equal causation of course. But yeah. like okay, let's say in red states there's way less gun violence than in blue states. That's really interesting. And in the top eleven most populated cities with the most gun control Mm-hmm. If you take those away, we have the same exact violent crime rate as England or like as Europe. Is Florida? Because I know a lot happens in Florida. A lot of it happens in Florida. Is Florida? See, is Florida swing state? Right. Yeah, swing state. Yes. So it's not Democrat or Republican. Um, take that shooting that started like this really huge gun debate. Yeah. Remember that yeah. like a couple of years ago there was oh, a huge the shooting. Oh, the Parkland one. Yeah, the Parkland shooting. Um, that kid was underage to buy a gun. So he wasn't even, like, he was legal. legal. Yeah. Um, I, I believe he got the gun from his parents. Yeah. So it's bad parenting. Horrible parenting. <laughs> Horrible parenting. You should lock up your guns, and you shouldn't tell your kids until they're competent, or you believe that they're competent to, like, I think it. you just shouldn't tell them until they're, like, out of the house, or, like, See, okay. 18. Yeah, exactly. Like, of age. To of only age. Judge, like, yeah. obviously, my household didn't own guns till I was 18. Yeah. Because I was the first person in my family to buy a gun. And then my dad bought a couple guns. And then I bought, like, two more. Interesting. So, my dad never talked about guns. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. Even to my younger brother. And he owned a gun while you were growing up? He owned so many guns. And he never talked about them. That's a no, really interesting... No, never. My dad's amazing. Okay, so that makes, excellent that makes protector. A, that's what? really awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Imagine this. Okay, you're, like, let's say eight years old. You never know your parents owned a gun. Yeah. Right? Um, which is how it should be. Which I think so too. I, I totally believe that. I think you should keep them in the safe. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. I do believe in safes. I like safes that like are very quick access, like fingerprint. hundred oh, percent. Handprint, fingerprint. That's good. It's good for home defense. I don't like the combination fingerprints. Yeah. No, because if you're in a high pressure situation, yeah. you need yeah. access to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, access to it. Something I heard on Ladder with Crowder. Actually. Love Stephen Crowder. So, his former assistant. His name is Jared. When he was like eight years old, six years old, and he was handed like a pistol or a revolver. I think it was a revolver. Eight years old. Dang, that's yeah. I think that's a little young, personally. Personally, I do too. That's so young. But he was brought out with his dad to a private lot in a forest. Uh huh. And he shot the gun to a watermelon. And the Eight years old? Yeah, the watermelon exploded. Uh-huh. And the dad said, you see what happened to that watermelon? Uh-huh. If you ever touch this gun again in my house without my permission, this is what will happen to your head, 
Oh my god. This is what happened to your siblings. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's sadistic a little bit, actually. I honestly do, but I think it's a very good lesson. It's a good lesson. Are you going to raise your kids that way? No. Yeah. I feel like it's a little too harsh. I'm going to keep I understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah, absolutely. It's respecting the gun. It's respecting the gun. It's It's, it's all about respecting the gun. That's why I do want to teach my kids early. Yeah. I absolutely want to teach my kids early. Um... To respect the weapon and 100%. like how powerful it is, mm-hmm. I will take my kids to the shooting range. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, um, I went to the shooting range. I was a boy scout. I went to the shooting I range. I won't tell them the combination of the safe. Of course yeah. not. I'll have my own fingerprint on yeah. like the safe next to my bed. Good, and I hope your wife's be... too. I hope your oh, wife will be. Of course, my available. wife will be able to access it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. If you get married, if I can. hopefully. Get I think married. Connor's gonna get married. I know, but I just hate the idealized marriage in the church. And I think that the balance is looking towards Christ and realizing that Christ is the true bride to the church. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's where there should be no idealized of either side because Christ is the true bride. Of course, to be an elder in a church, you should be married because you know both sides of it, singleness and marriage. Interesting. And like it even says that in the Bible. I think it's like Paul yeah, about it. He like, does say to be an elder of the church, one of the qualities is, is to be, to be a, a man of one wife. Yeah. yeah. So was Paul... He wasn't an elder. He wasn't yeah. an elder. He was an apostle, mm-hmm. which is different. Back to guns. Sorry. <laughs> Back to guns. So we were talking about... Your wife having access to this. Having thing. access to a gun. Yeah, I totally have her have access to the gun. I wouldn't have my children have access to the gun until they're I don't legally... Think, I don't think you should ever have access to the gun if you're a, chil- if no, you're a child. No, until they're legally of age, when they can actually own a gun. Yeah. And once they purchase their... Fr- I, I think I'm going to make it a rule to when they purchase their own Their own gun, gun absolutely. Yeah. I, then I don't think they should access. have access to your gun. No, no yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. that's ever. yours, Connor. It's yeah, not it's your kids. Yeah. It's not my kid. Yeah. And, you know, our roommate bought sure. my Glock, right? Right after my... 21st birthday because I can finally buy Connor has a Glock. That's yeah, so does. cool. And I held it. I held it. He did help hold and it. And he has a shotgun. And Chris hold it too. Really? And Chris said something very smart. What'd you say? Which I probably sh- you probably should have come in before you. I'm not gonna hold anyone's gun. No, Alex said this. Not Chris. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Chris. Al- yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> I know. I know said this. No, before Chris held it. <laughs> before I held it, this is, I'm no, no, clicking after, myself in the. Oh my god! After you held it. <laughs> right? He's yeah. like, I, I shouldn't sure. have let you hold it. Because Chris, or... <laughs> Alex, said, Alex is something very... Extremely very intelligent. Intelligent. It's like, I don't touch be a another person's gun unless I'm going to the shooting range. So I have an excuse for why my fingerprints are on the gun. It's actually a really good reasoning. So, because Connor's gonna kill someone. No, yeah, but if Connor happened to <laughs> kill and, someone, no, just on the if chance if it happened to happen. But I know Connor Durkin. I've known Connor Durkin for four years. He's not gonna do anything wrong with that gun. No, but if somebody came into our house, <laughs> to be real, like it's my gun, so yeah. they're gonna assume me. Hey, guess what I did? I did a bunch of statistics right here. So it's do like seventy percent of like. Let's see about gun control. There's a bunch of post-its. So I put post-its oh, on my journal. So Honestly, it was really strong. I really It really felt... is. I like your statistics. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, yeah, okay. 76% of them are from suicide. That's so sad. So like gun violence, 76% of them are from suicide. So you take that out, there's not that many gun violence. And then you take out the police shooting ones, <gasps> the justified police yeah. shooting cases 
it's even less yeah, than so gun violence. When like, we actually talk about like person on person, like I'm here to kill you. Yes. It's so small. Yes. And actually, there's like this really interesting thing that Stephen Crowder talked about. I hate to bring him up again, but like. <laughs> Honestly, Connor, I love when you bring I, up Stephen Crowder. I love Stephen Crowder to the fullest extent. Oh. A good Christian guy, and he's awesome. Um, I need to pee again, yeah, keep talking about Stephen Crowder. Okay, yeah, I'll see. I'll keep talking. Love um, Stephen Crowder. He brought up the statistic by, um, like a very reputable source because there, I know Stephen Crowder. It was, it was a government source. Yeah. And he talked about like how a couple hundred thousand uh-huh. to something million okay lives or violent crimes are stopped. By guns. Oh, one thousand percent. When we look at um, when we look at like school shootings or like a mass shootings, it's like a quantifiable number. Yeah. Like, and so to be a mass shooting, I think it has to be like a number. The commonality is three or more. Yeah. Which is so low because in really Chicago, yeah. in Chicago, yeah, like a lot of those shootings are three or more, and they could qualify as mass shootings. Yeah, they really should, and so. I mean, how, when we actually look at every single gun violent action in America, how are they stopped, Connor? With a police force using a gun. Absolutely. Or a private citizen. Or a law abiding citizen using guns. Yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really be like that. It be like that all the time. It be like that all the time. It be like that. Alright, Adriana, what did you think about Koreans' choco pie? It was delicious. Yeah, you like it? It's I a mean, very famous Korean snack, choco pie. I can't pie. remember what it tastes like. <laughs> you remember what was inside? No. So Marshmallow! How did I remember that? I don't know. So let me go back to my point. Adriana, do you like spicy things? I love spicy things. No way. I'm let's Mexican do the, and let's Colombian. Let's do the Korean spicy challenge. Wait, no, wait, no, wait, no. I'll cook up while you guys are talking. No, no, no. You- oh, do yeah. you like tilapia? Is that fish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. We're like, I'm sorry you're by yourself. I'm like, really, I'm just reviewing so statistics. Did you know that like, Chris loves you so much? And me oh, too. Yeah. I love oh. you. I would probably and die love, for you. I think I we would ever. I would die for both of you guys. Um, me and Connor are going to have some more stuff. It's delicious. Thank you so much. Columbia. You don't mind, do you? No, 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 no. I que bueno. Because I. Oh, que bueno. I was listening to See, I was all over the city. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing like some statistics. I see. Per year in the United States. Yes, read the statistics. There please. are 30,000 gun related deaths. Oh, wow. That's so many. I'm so sorry, God. That's a lot. But 22,938 of them are suicides. It, it's so sad. Yeah. But of course, those 22,000 people, again, are going to find a way to commit suicide anyway. Oh, that makes me so sad. That brings us back to American culture and how hard we are worked and how, like, Americans sh- suffer from anxiety and not depression. Because we're so overworked, we're like, we're number one, we have to be the best, we have to work hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why um, probably suicides are so up, because they're like, I can't meet my expectations. Which is a very that's sad... so sad. It's very sad. Um, and 3% are from law enforcement, which is mm. 987. Are those justified or unjustified? Uh, these are justified. <laughs> um, these are when people are like coming at the police officer, or like actually like shooting at the police officer. 2% are accidental. Which is very sad. And most of these are children. I have to say, like, these are children with irresponsible parents. People need to be good parents. So people just honestly need to be good parents. Like, no basic gun safety. Like, back in in the chair, you're gonna, what are you gonna sit on? You're gonna sit on the (laughs) beanbag. Back in. (laughs) Alright. 
back in the 1970s, right, there's a whole textbook about sports. And How about think, space sports? Gosh, <laughs> How drunk so, is Chris? That would be really fun. Right space hockey. Imagine it. Space hockey. Oh, oh my god. god. Connor's so sober right Connor, now. Connor, you're feeling really sober right now. I'm trying to make a good podcast. <laughs> Yo, space it. hockey is a great podcast. Podcast? <laughs> well, no, no, okay. You and I, me, me and you. We are going to be quiet while Connor speaks right, facts we're, we're and truth there. and beautiful things. We're so, listening to Babe. Alright, so like... These parents that. <laughs> what is going on? Parents. Also, by the way, look. Hey, these Jenna, look like cow, cow udders. Hey, Jenna, listening ears. Listening ears. All right. <coughs> so the accidental shootings are obviously wrong, and this is like a huge point that like people on the left bring up. Satan can use that. Um, Satan can't use anything. But these people are mostly children. Sometimes it happens at a gun range. Um, so my f- friend from high school. Um, if you can edit out his name. Of course, love. I'm not going to put his name. Um, he was at a gun range. He committed suicide. At the gun range? At the gun range. Oh, I thought it was an accident. Um, no. We were told at first it was an accident because his parents didn't, like, want us to, like, everyone to know, like, he committed suicide. Of course They wanted to let it out slowly. Yeah. First of all, like, hearing someone die is, like, huge. Already huge enough. Huge enough. Adding suicide on top of it just makes it even harder. Yeah. So what they said was, like... Like, the gun, like, backfired on him. It exploded in his face. Like, the gun, like, jammed his head or something like that. Oh, like, it, like, hurt. completely, like, crashed, crashed his skull. Um, obviously, that wasn't true. Like, there's video of him at the gun range, like, shooting himself. No. It's very, very oh. sad. That is so sad. Um, so, only 489 accidents happen. Uh, Out of the 30,000. Only... 400? For about... 489. Yeah. 490-ish. 2%. 2% of them, yes, were accidental. I see what you mean. Um, so I assume most of them are kids that yeah. found their parents' guns and didn't know what to do with them and shot themselves. That's so sad. Um, obviously, that's bad parenting. I In the 1970s, there was whole textbooks on sports and it included rifling. Really? Um, yeah, Sports Illustrated used to have rifling in it. Yeah, rifling section. And um, it taught the people... That Which was got, educational. Yeah, it taught the people, like, the education value of a gun. Gun, yeah. Um, and I honestly do believe that we should bring that back today. Yeah, honestly, 100%. I think gun safety and just gun literacy and just like if you were put in front of a gun, like knowing what to do and how to respect yeah, it, I think absolutely. that's like, so important. The first time I shot a gun, it was like a nine millimeter, like with my dad. And how old were you? I was probably like 13, 14. That's a good age, I felt. That's a good age. Um, I immediately respected the weapon. Good. Like, uh, I was like, this thing is freaking powerful. Like, yeah, you could do, you could, you have the power to protect and you have the power to take. Yes, absolutely. So, according to those statistics, um, only 5,577 of them, or 0.0017%, so little, are illegal shootings. Yeah. Like murder. Without self defense, that is very little compared to the U.S. population, which is three hundred, a little over three hundred million. That's so many. Um, which is five thousand, still a lot of people. And we have more guns than we have citizens, right? We do have more guns than we have citizens. So, like, when we actually compare it to like the number of guns that we have in America versus like the guns that are used in violence, like yeah. that number is even less than point zero zero zero. Absolutely, and you put some interesting t- statistics here, where. 5% of those 
illegal shootings mm-hmm. or unlawful shootings, unjustified, are in St. Louis. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, which is six percent. Baltimore, which is six percent, and Chicago, the biggest one, which is fourteen percent. And can you tell me what those cities have in common, Connor? They all have very strict gun, gun control. control. Yeah. And he, <laughs> Chris is gone. Chris is freaking gone. Um, <laughs> On a beatback, just smiling. Oh my god! What I'm are listening. you then? Yeah. He said, All right. So I'm texting a lot of people. Right Who are now. you texting? Well, give me your phone. Maybe you should take. It's your... in Korean. You can't read it. I'm still gonna get. I feel like Connor's phone. very smart. You're no. underestimating him. No. no. I'm taking your phone. You were saying no, beautiful statistics. The top eleven cities with the most gun control in the United States, which uh-huh. is like Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, like all the big cities. Which yes. Major uh, cra- uh, gun control. What? My phone. <laughs> no. Um, I just need to see what... It's a guy. It doesn't matter. I'm not... Okay, gonna... fine. If it's a guy, then I don't care. <laughs> That's a quote of the night. Responded, it's a guy. Just, it doesn't if, matter. If Unless you're gay, I don't care. Quote of the night. All right, okay. love. I'm listening to you. All right. So if you take out the top 11 cities with the most strictest gun control, we'd have the same gun crime rate uh-huh. as Europe. Oh, my god. Like, an average is Europe. And their violent crime rate, high. It's pretty high. Yeah. Like they say, like oh, like our gun crime rate is down. Like, but they only say like the gun crime rate. They don't mention the violence at all. Uh-huh. In England, like it went down for a couple of years after they took away guns because like criminals were like, oh, what do we do without these guns? But then obviously they they figured out like you can ramp people with cars. You can still rob a place with a knife. Like or acid attack. Or acid attack. Like it's very easy. So violent crime skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Actually, way up more than when they had guns to protect themselves. Wow. Um, it's it's a very interesting, like, phenomenon. And to... To further elaborate on this, like, what do these statistics mean, Connor? Like, when you um, look at these statistics, like, what do you draw from them, you know? Because those are objective facts, but, like, yeah. obviously we need to explicate them. And so when you observe these facts, like, what do you think needs to be implemented? Well, you sound very professional. I'm know. honestly very eloquent when I'm a little bit. I'm the opposite, I think. I think it needs to be... Like, I, I do agree with some gun control measures. But, like, what? Like, mental illness. Do you really think so? Like, to okay, extent, Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna talk right here. Okay. Okay, so I am not prescribed any anti-anxiety medication. You are? Okay, love. So this is what I'm saying, what I mean. Like, if you take that... Like, what if there was a gun measure that, like, prevented you from, from obtaining Absolutely. a gun? And I honestly believe that there has to be limits on it. I think the government oh, has... The ha- government has to go to the psychiatrist. Really? Himself. What? On people what? with, like, mental illness. Mel- mental oh, illness. yeah, Based yeah, on yeah, mental illness. that's where a lot of the... That's gun, honestly where yeah. a lot of, like... Most of government. Honestly, most of the school shootings it's have been people with people who have and are up. underage and shouldn't have access to guns anyway. Yeah, so they mostly steal from their parents' gun safe, which put a lock on your safe. Freaking, yeah, put a lock on. Well, obviously, like get a safe. The stories like, I heard, though, a lot of them purchased guns. A lot it? of them have, like the Florida one. I think he walked into a gun store and purchased a gun. Yeah, he did. Freaking obviously, take that gun store away from the world. Yeah, obviously, like you should not have that gun. That gun store should not be around Do you anymore. feel like when people buy guns, should they have to have a medical check? But if I were to go to the doctor and they prescribe me Lexapro or maybe Xanax, yeah. like, will that prohibit my Second Amendment right? Because, like, you yeah. know me. Like, I'm not going to no, go out and shoot anyone. but not anxiety. I'm talking more... No, but that's a mental illness. Con- considerable. No, I'm not talking mental illness. But, like, schizophrenia. Talking, yeah, like, that kind of or stuff. Or, like... So you're thinking maybe it should be, like, like on a spectrum. Like, but where's but the line? But then you see where's the line. Yeah, where's yeah, the where's line? The line? And we that's don't hard. know where the line is, but 
I do you feel like we should define a line? Okay. Um, schizophrenia. Mostly, schizophrenia, yes. I think a lot of psychopath. Like, if you can define a psych, of course, psychopaths don't go to therapists. No, they don't. <laughs> so it's hard. Um, but I do believe in background checks that like check like whether you have been to jail. A history of violence. Perhaps? History of violence. Um, or have like schizophrenia or um, violent tendencies or like. Like if you hit your wife, you shouldn't have a gun. Like, yeah, yeah, you hit your wife, you shouldn't own a gun. Um, it, those are very basic, though. Um, the problem with, like, new like gun laws that they're trying to introduce is people with mental illness should not be able to own a gun. I have a mental illness. Obviously, I have dyslexia, which is mental illness. I am. I have anxiety, which is a mental illness. Um, oh, but mental illness just... It's so generalized nowadays, I feel like. Obviously, yeah, it is. Like, but... it's just... Where did all these mental illness come from? They came out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, out of, like all of a sudden, everybody has mental illness. And I'm not, I'm not doing this to condemn no. your mental illnesses. But I think that there is a reason behind this. And you see the rise of technology at the same oh, time absolutely. as all these mental illnesses. And, and so you have to only... You can't purely correlate the two and say it's a causation because that's not... That's not valid. But no, you have to look into the facts of what technology is doing to our brains and why some people have mental illness. Let's look at the people who that have shot up schools, though. Like, what kind of mental illness did they have? Like, what the Florida yeah, illness yeah. guy, what was he prescribed? Like, and are we able to find, like, statistics and correlations between, like, what all of these, like, shooters had? And, and like, should yeah. we have prohibited them from having a gun based on that mental well, illness? Well, obviously, the four was underage, I believe. He was underage. I'm going to say and... most of them were gamers. Honestly, I've played Mortal Kombat before. I've played Call of Duty before. Yeah, yeah no, I've played all those. Oh, too. I'm definitely a gamer, and I don't yeah. think about like going shooting up some school. You yeah. know, like I think it takes like a mentally. It unstable depends on person. the person, to be honest. Yeah, it depends on the person, and the therapy that goes along with it. Like, if the therapist like says you shouldn't own it like a weapon, then they shouldn't own a weapon. Like that's a good way to say it actually. Like if your if your therapist says like this person isn't fit to hold a weapon, then I think they should be prohibited. Actually Connie, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, one thousand percent because then um, they would know. That's why all these people need to be getting therapists because therapists are yes. so good. I've been really considering getting a therapist. You should a hundred dollars a month. At Cal Poly? Yes, up to eight. Up to I went what? in there one time. I went into there one time. It was like an emergency session. But the thing is, I don't know what I would say going into the session because I don't know what I'm like. Well, why the I they feel, will assess you. They will assess you. That's You'll the whole reason why they're there. You should. You should go crazy. I don't know why I feel I need therapy, but everyone the lack of, motiva- everyone lack of motivation I've had this summer. Just I'll take you. I'll take you. Honestly, everyone. Yeah, it's in building sixty-six, the bookstore. Yeah. Okay. People that say they I'm good, like it's They're such not. a lie. Everyone has their problems. Yeah. But to get back onto the second amendment. Alright, let's end it on the Second this now. Amendment. I feel like this is the last topic of the Second Amendment. Okay. Alright. To the main purpose of the Second Amendment was not only to defend ourselves, but to defend against our government. One thousand yeah. percent. And to that's what check yeah. the government to make sure they don't get too powerful. Yeah, checks and balances. Yes, we're part of that system. We're, there's a people think there's three checks and balances. No, there's, four, there's four. There's four. The people. The, are the people. Four. Um, so 
people always argue that the United States military is too strong. Yeah. You will never be able to defend yourself against That's the United BS. States military. First of all, it's BS. First of all, we own more guns than our population. Yeah, I love so, that. <laughs> I mean, think guys, about that. Yeah, how big our population is. How many guns are... Like, we own twice as many guns. I love so, that. There's and then think about how big the army is, the military. Military's I like love the military, by the way. thousands of people. Hold on. Think about this. How many people are there in America? A lot. 300 million. 300 million. So... 600 million. If, like, my biggest concern is that the government takes away the First Amendment, right? I will go up into arms against that. I will fight the government on that. First Amendment. Freedom First Amendment. Speech. Freedom of speech freedom and speech, expression and religion, religion and peaceful assembly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I will fight for that. And if, I feel like many Christians will fight for that. I think many... Well, freedom of religion, absolutely. Yeah. Um... I think that's one of the most fundamental rights ever absolutely. given to us. Brilliant. That's why it's the first. Yeah. Absolutely. Good old James Madison. <laughs> good old James Madison. That's why old... he's one of your top presidents, second or third? He's like fourth on fourth. there. Um, Sean Locke is a great philosopher. He's like the one that came up with all this um, stuff. First of all, the United States has gone to war with two countries in particular that have that they have struggled against guerrilla warfare. Vietnam, Vietnam yeah. and Iraq. And Iraq. They have struggled against them heavily. Um, even Afghanistan, they struggled. Um, but, again, that's a justified Did war. Did Afghanistan use guerrilla warfare tactics? Yes, because they're part of the Taliban. And, yes, oh, yeah, they, they didn't care they, about the honorable, they, honorable aspects war, of like, war. <laughs> up the line. They don't Versus care about... Asian... Yeah. I guess yeah. Vietnam's also like, taking Asia, but... Yeah, yeah, no, Vietnam, like... Southeast totally, Asia. Uh, went guerrilla warfare, and the United States was not. First of all, we lost Vietnam. Yeah. Um, that was totally as a guerrilla force. Um, it wasn't against a conventional warfare. The United States can easily beat any country that goes against them with a conventional like war model. Yeah. Like Russia, they can easily beat. Thank Germany, God. they can easily beat. England. We can easily beat. Yeah, we can easily. Beat. Connor, you're American. I'm American. We <laughs> can easily beat. Um. But guerrilla warfare is a totally different game. It is. And again, this is my political science brain coming out. But guerrilla warfare is so much different. Guerrilla warfare? Guerrilla warfare <laughs> is so much different oh, than warfare life. conventional warfare. If we as Americans rose up, like say the American government takes away the First Amendment, we can totally take them on. Yeah. It's American military is heavily conservative, so they support the Second Amendment anyway, so they'd join our side anyway. It's pretty great. What should join our side? What? Did you say genocide? Genocide. No, what would join our side? American military. I love the military. They mostly come from the Midwest. Like, a lot of the military comes from the Midwest or the South. Of course. And they're composed of white, poor people. Aww. Um, and this is the only way they see out of yeah. like their poverty. I see that. Yeah. Because um, they get compensation. They get yeah. compensation and they get great benefits. And I love everyone in the military. And it's honorable. They, it's a very honorable position. I thought about doing it myself. Cool. Yeah. Um, That's respectable. And so they grow up conservative and these conservative... Okay. Um, So they are conservative. Yeah. The military would definitely join the conservative side for the Second Amendment... Yeah, I don't think that they would fight an unjust cause. I think no, a lot of people absolutely. would 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 flip, flip. Mm-hmm. from the from protecting the United States to defending liberty. And yeah. I I don't necessarily 
for me, I don't protect the United States. I protect the freedom that the United States offers. Oh, I think that's such a beautiful, like, thing. Because the yeah. USA can change. We see that in Ilhan Omar. We see that in AOC. We yeah. see that in Ayanna Presley. We see that on the changing of the time. <laughs> but, um, so it's not the USA that I uphold, but it is, like, the current, like, constitutional values that we uphold. I'm sorry, you guys. Chris has a Bible over his head, and, like, he's just, like, Wait, Chris, tell drunk. me, what, what passage are you on? I'm just absorbing Proverbs 7. Is it Proverbs 7? I, I love you. I definitely want to say that if it came to a war between the government and the people, the people would win. Oh. Especially. That's bold. Yeah, I would. I think... The people own enough guns. I think, especially because the war would probably rise up with the taking away of the Second Amendment. Yeah. I think that's very close to happening, and I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the part about the gun control, guys. I oh, thought yeah. that was the last time I was going to control. So, if the private citizens stood up against the government, it would not be very difficult. Define private citizen. Private citizen. You, me, and Connor. Gun, okay. gun owning citizens. I'm not a private citizen. I don't own a gun. You're but a we're a private citizen, citizen though. You're a private citizen, though. You said gun only. Well, then Connor, then. Then me. So I'm not a private citizen. Well, You're a private citizen, but you don't own the gun. Not what I mean. Okay, a private gun owning citizen would qualify Connor. Okay. Yes, we could totally fight guerrilla warfare against the U.S. government, and we could win. I think it's so. It's been proven through two wars, possibly three, if Afghanistan ever ends. Civil <laughs> war. Civil war. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the Vietnam War. The war in Iraq, and the third one I'm possibly referring to is the war in Afghanistan. Oh, you're talking about fighting guerrilla war against other other countries. Yes. I think you're talking about the U.S. military is not built to fight guerrilla warfare. It's built to fight conventional warfare. So the question is, and I don't stand corrected. Should we all act like guerrillas? (laughs) (laughs) If we are more like Bombak, we're all. Can Can you show me how Bombak acts? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is the last time I'm bringing Colombian wine. I gotta we show you. you. I mean Colombian rap. Automatic voice message system. Tell more. Please record your message. Was that the right? Was that the right? <laughs> Hello, this is the Chinese restaurant. We got the order from you. Mmm. Okay, we give you the dumpling. Okay, we bring the dumpling to your house. You better have the money. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye, Nick. <laughs>